לולי נשמת משה בן ברוך. חיים חיים. בשורות טובות. So I don't know how many letters the Rebbe receives in comparison to the President of the United States, but I do know is like this, that the President, the President of the United States, he has, doesn't answer every letter. He decides which, he has a team of many people, and they, and they form letters to answer most letters, and they, they pick a few letters that they think that, he want, that, that would be interesting for him, of all the three, thousands of letters. But the Rebbe didn't do that. The Rebbe himself would open up every single envelope himself. And one of the Hasidim was bothered by this. It bothered him because there's so many letters every single day, and it's such a strain. So he got the Rebbe a letter opener. And he gave it to the Rebbe. The Rebbe should use this instead of having to open it himself. So the Rebbe sent it out and said that that um, makes too much noise. Okay. So he got another, he got another, uh, he got the company. To, I don't know exactly how he did it. He got a special runner. He made a new, new, new machine. He worked really hard. He was able to create a, a letter opener in the, when, at, at the time, I, know, I think it was in the late 70s, early 80s, that doesn't make any noise. He sends it into the Rebbe, and the Rebbe immediately rejects it. And the guy's like, that's not fair, you know, I, I, this doesn't make sense, what, what's, what's wrong? So I've explained. There are some people, when they send a letter, they sign the letter, they seal the letter, rather, with tape. Some people seal the letter with glue. Some people seal the letter with saliva. And some people, when they seal the letter, they seal the letter with their tears. And this the machine will not be able to uh, discern and won't be able to convey that. So there are a lot of people asking lots of questions. And some people ask some questions, and, and, and it's normal for us as human beings to try to like understand things because it's sort of like a defense mechanism. We, we try to explain things a certain way, and then we're able to, like, you know, to, to handle why things happen. Some people um, are trying to figure out exactly how this tragedy that happened last Friday happened. Was it, was it the fault of the, the police, the fault of the, the, uh, the, the government, the fault of the, 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 the people who were there, the fault of everyone. They're trying to find blame. They want to find blame. And they're, uh, they don't realize it, but they're, they're really thinking about Lagba Omer 2022. They want to know what's, what should we plan for next year. And there are other people which are uh, asking a different question. They're asking, listen, Rabbi Shimon Yochai is a great tzaddik. Dancing and singing Meron on Lagba Omer is a tremendous, holy, and special thing. How come they merited Rabbi Shimon? How come they didn't protect them? How come they protect them? And, and they're looking for an explanation. They want to find an explanation. And, uh, and, and that's also a, a uh, natural human, human reaction to try to understand, try to explain. But I think that at this time, it's more appropriate to go to a, to a third approach, a different approach. Rabbi Hecht, Chabad of Brentwood, uh, he, he said, I, mean, he, I speaking to him yesterday, he said that the parasha last week, parasha Demor, talks about the laws of, of a dead body. The Torah says that if, God forbid, someone passes away, a Kohen is not allowed to 
become impure. He's not allowed to go and, and, and contaminate himself. But there's an exception. If it's a close relative, he can. A close relative, he could. Uh, there, there is a... Um, in general, he's not supposed to go to cemetery, but a close relative, he could. But there's an exception to the rule that a Kohen, if he's, on a, if he's traveling somewhere and there's a dead body right there, he's allowed, I mean, not he's allowed, he has to take care of the body himself. Why does he take care of the body himself? Why doesn't he just go and call someone else? And the answer is, because if it would be his brother, he would, be, he, would, he, would, he would take care of it because it's his brother. Halacha is his brother, he, tells, he does take care of, chas So the Torah is, the, 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 the energy of last parasha is that it, it, every Jew is your brother. Every Jew is your brother, and therefore, if you are, even though you're a Kohen, and you're on the road, and someone needs help, you are, you, that person's your brother. So that's actually um, the reason why in the bracha that he gives to a mourner, they always say, Hashem should comfort you, like the mourners of Zion and Jerusalem. Why, why do they say that? There's a letter that I wrote to Arik Sharon uh, after the passing of, of his son, uh, son, and I've explained a few reasons. One reason is because it's not just your loss, really. Because we're all, just like the loss of Jerusalem, the loss of Zion, is the loss of all the Jewish people. So too, we're all one people, we're all together. And when one person is lost, it's, 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 it's easier to handle a loss when it's everyone together feels the loss. And, and when the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, it was a big loss, but it was, everyone was, was part of that loss. Everyone was part of that tragedy. So it's not just a, a personal loss, it's something which is, which is all the Jewish people. And a second message is from this Betoch Sha'aravitz and Shalim among the mourners of Zion in Jerusalem. Just like Jerusalem was destroyed physically, but there's a spirit, spiritually, Jerusalem is still there. Jerusalem still exists in heaven, in Shemayim, the not just the physical city, but the whole holiness of Beit HaMikdash, it's still there. Also, God forbid, when someone passes away, they pass away physically, but the Neshama is still there. Just, they, they, they shed the, the body, but they're still alive. They're still alive, the Neshama is still alive. And, uh, and there's a third reason. And the third reason is, just like we'll never be comforted for Yerushalayim, until Mashiach comes. We'll never be considered, no matter how great the lunches are over here, which are pretty good, obviously, sometimes he gets pizza, sometimes, whatever, there's a selection. No matter how great the finances are, no matter what kind of great, what kind of model of Tesla you have, it, it doesn't really matter. It, it's until Mashiach comes, until Mashiach comes, we're not really comforted. That doesn't satisfy us. We're, we're bothered. We, we just prayed. Where do we pray? We prayed, we faced east to Jerusalem. Why? Because we're not, we, we're asking Hashem to bring Mashiach. Until Mashiach comes, is not considered a real, a real comfort. No, no, no real comfort can be achieved till, till Yerushalayim. So, what I'm saying is, is that people passed away. Yeah, they passed away. But this difference of looking at them as, as a family, as a part of our family, they were lost, and now what are we doing? What are we doing to, to replace that loss? Chasram some passes away, you see, Yitkadal Vikadal what does that have to do with the person passing away? What's the connection? means God's name should be praised. Okay. What does that have to do? Someone passed away. It has nothing to do, it seems, with the person who passed away. And the whole, and every day you say Kaddish, you're supposed to say Kaddish 16 times a day because each Kaddish corresponds to 90 minutes of the day to protect the Neshama and Ganeidin, to protect the Neshama Shabi and Ganeidin. You say Kaddish, and again and again you say the word Yikadal, Yikadash, Meirabah, has nothing to do with the person who passed away, it seems. 
The answer is like this. Every person in the world, every Jew especially, has a mission, has a reason to be here. Every time you learn Torah, you do a mitzvah, you give tzedakah, you bring Hashem's light to the world. Chas HaShom, when that light, when the person passes away, the world's missing something. So we ask Hashem, that to hold on to that light, that we're going to continue that light. We're asking Hashem, your name, who was brought, was brought great because of this person, because of the Torah that they learned, the mitzvot that they did. We want that light to continue in the mitzvot that we're going to do, in the, in the Torah that we're going to learn, in the chas that we're going to do. It should continue until Mashiach comes when there won't be any, any, any uh, suffering or sadness anymore. And the person who passed away himself will again rise up and sing, as the Torah says. So the question, I think, is what are we doing for all, and to take the place of all the light that's been lost in the world, and it's not just lost, because think about it. These people passed away in middle of dancing at the, celebrating the passing of Shem Yochai. B'Shem Yochai is a unique tzaddik among tzaddikim. He is, as we discussed last week, right before this, maybe it was while this was happening last week, Shem Yochai is unique in that his day of, of passing is celebrated by more Jews than any other event, period, of Jewish people. The, has the most people connected to the event is Lag Baomer. What was the unique celebration of Shem Yochai? The Baal Shem Tov was able to see things in the future. Darizal could see things in the future. How did Darizal have the merit to see things? What, what, what did he do that earned him this merit to see the future? So it says that he had joy in doing mitzvot. That was, what, that was his merit. What did the, the Baal Shem Tov do? He had joy in Avat Yisrael. He had joy in the love he had for people. That's what gave him this insight to see the future because of his joy of Avat Yisrael. In a similar way, Rabbi Shemar Yochoi, he said, Day of Lag Ba'omer. What's the Day of Lag Ba'omer about? It's a day of Mantov, Manaim, Shabbatacham, Gam It's a day of how brothers, how good it is when brothers are together. That's, that's the theme of Lag Ba'omer. So these people didn't just pass away. They went up to heaven in middle of the joy of they went up to heaven with this, this, this theme of, of Avat Yisrael, of, of, of the joy of Avat Yisrael. So if we're talking about, what, what, we talk about, about why, we can talk about why, and we should talk about why. You know we should talk about why? Because even though the, the answers are not going to be as good, as good as the questions, the questions are better than the answers, but it's important to talk about why because if we don't talk about why, we leave the question in our heart and it doesn't never get addressed and it, just, and, it, and, it, and it kills you. It takes away something from the relationship. But before, besides why, you have to ask what. You have to ask what are we doing. But before we get to what, let's, let's talk for a second about the why for a second. Let's talk about what, what, what the, the, how can we get some context at least, get some context. We can't explain anything. And we don't want to explain things. Because if you knew the explanation, that would that be okay? <laughs> you can explain it. Does that get us anywhere? No, we don't want explanations. But let's get some context for a second. This, this, this event, Achman al-Islam, happened in Lagba Omer. Lagba Omer is learned last week. It was the day of the Rabbi Akiva's students stopped dying. And this is also the day of when one of his five students, that he, he had 24,000 students, and they all passed away at this time. And there were five students that he taught after, after um, Lagba Omer. And these five students are the reason we have the Torah nowadays. These five students. Those five students, one of them was Rabbi Shimbar Yechai. The Torah says, that Moshe Rabbeinu was once talking to God, and he came to God, and he saw God was looking at the Torah, and that God was trying to uh, uh, write in the Torah the crowns and the letters. There are seven letters in the Torah, Shin, Ayin, Tes, Nun, Zayin, and Gimel, and Sadik, that have on top of the letters uh, little crowns. 
And God was sharpening the crowns. He was sharpening the letters that should look that there should be. And Moshe Rabbeinu is like, um, like, who needs this? Like, well, who is this for? Uh, like, do you need like to make an impression on somebody? Like, what, what, what is this? So, so Hashem told him there'll be a Jew named Akiva ben Yosef, and he will be born after many, many generations, and he'll be able to learn from every single every single line. He'll learn mounds and mounds of halacha. Moshe says, "Wow, I, let me see him." Hashem says, "I'll show him to you." He comes to he comes to uh, the yeshiva of Rabbi Akiva. And at the yeshiva, he's sitting there by the yeshiva of Rekiva. Rekiva is saying all these amazing things he never heard of. He's like, wow, I can understand it. Moshe could, could understand it. So, and Rekiva said, all that I learned, it comes from, I said, where does this come from? It comes from Moshe Rabbeinu. That's a question itself. How could Moshe not know about it? And the answer is, in short, that there's a lot of things which come from the source, but they have to be decoded. Rabbi Akiva was able to decode from the Torah, many halachot, in every generation. There's more and more Torah which is revealed in every generation. But Moshe Rabbeinu is amazed. He says to Hashem, Why'd you ask me to take the Jewish people out of Egypt and to get the Torah? You should have asked him. So Hashem answers Moshe, Shtok, silence. This is what came. Huh? Shtok ah. Uh, so arose in my thoughts before me. This is what I decided. Came my thoughts before me. Okay. Moshe says, All right. You know, you can't argue with the big guy, right? He says, can you at least tell me, can I see the reward he's going to get for all the things he's doing? Can you tell me, show me his reward? Shem says, okay, I'll show you. He shows Rebbe Kiva, at the end of his life, his skin was being peeled by iron combs by the Romans. And he's saying, Shema Yisrael, and he's happy, he's able to give his life for Hashem. And Moshe's like, what is that? <laughs> so Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Shtok, be silent, Kach ol lafonai. that is what arose in my thoughts before me. Now, there's many ways to say, I'm not going to answer you. We all have, you know, if you have children, you say, I'm not going to answer you. If someone doesn't want to answer, then say, I'm not going to answer you. You never say to your kids, stop, quiet, be quiet. What's what, be quiet? Why, why is this so sharp, be quiet? Second of all, Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, this arose in my thoughts before me. What's he emphasizing? The before me. This came in my thoughts before me. What, what is that about? And, and why doesn't just tell him the answer? Why Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, he's a tzaddik. He could understand things that we, can, we can't. Why doesn't he just explain it to him? Why doesn't he explain it to Moshe Rabbeinu? There's a great tzaddik. His name was Avram Shmuel ben Yom of Prezburg. He was Avram Shmuel ben Yom and Sofer. This great tzaddik, he had, a, he had a question. He came to his father, whose name was Moshe Sofer, the Chtam Sofer. And he asked his father a question. He said, I have a question. It's bothering me. Can you answer my question? His father says, it's a very good question. I need some time for this question. Okay, a day, a week, a month, a long time passes. He wants to know this it's a question, you know, it's bothering this question. Okay, Dad, you got it? Do you, you have an answer? I'll have an answer for you soon. Finally tells him the answer, and he sees when he tells him the answer, it was like two plus two is four. He had such a simple answer. It was like, boom. He says, Dad, you, you knew this answer the whole time. Why did you keep me waiting all this time? That told him the answer. So his father said, I want you to know you're able to live with a question. You don't have to have all the answers. In a similar way, the Torah says, when Moshe Rabbeinu asked God, I want to see your face. What did Moshe want to see? He wants to see Hashem's face. So the Khtam Sofer says, Moshe was asking Hashem, explain to me tragedy. I want to know how tragedy works. Why, why is it tragedy? So God told Moshe, I can't show you my face. I could show you my back. What does that mean? Khtam Sofer says, there are some things you can't understand while they're happening. You could only explain them after they are solved. After Mashiach comes, and after the, everyone who passed away will live again, 
And after all of the incredible sweetness and goodness that we'll see with our eyes, Mashiach comes and we'll say, Shechiyonu Vikimonu, thank you for reaching this occasion. Then we could talk about explaining this, explaining that. But while you're, you're involved, in, you, you can't, you, no explanation is going to work. It's not going to work. You're, you're in pain. You're, you're, it's a tragedy. You can't explain it. So in a similar way, that's what Hashem is telling Moshe the answer. You know what the answer is to your questions? Shtok. Shtok is not, I'm not going to answer you. Shtok is the answer. Shtok means to be quiet. The answer is to be quiet. That's the answer. Silence is the answer. How is silence an answer? There's, there's between two friends who really trust each other, really love each other, there's, there's, it's, that, you have amunah. What's amunah mean? Amunah means that you trust the other person. That you have faith in the other person. And even though you don't understand, you, can't, and you, don't, you don't stop asking. Amunah, believing in Hashem, doesn't mean you have answers. Amunah doesn't mean you could find an answer. A lot of people are finding this Gemara and this Zohar to explain. That's not, that's not amunah. Amunah means you're able to live with questions. Amunah means you believe in Hashem and you're able to ask questions. And you say, I don't understand. And you're bothered by the questions. You keep on asking. Moshe asked. But you're able... To, but you're able to live with questions because you have a munah. So until that moment, Mashiach comes, we're not going to get the answers, the real answers. The only, but we have to have an answer in ourselves. We have, we, have to ask a, we have to ask a different question. The important thing is not why. That's not a Jewish question. Jew, why is not a Jewish question. Why, as we say in America, what's why? It's a crooked letter. The important question is, what are we going to do? Here, Chas Shalom, Achman al-Slan, you guys lost a brother, and all the Jewish people lost 45 people, which are really, that we're all brothers. So what are we going to do to, to replace those, those, those feet that aren't going to show, replace those eyes, those who are alive, make the lost eyes and the lost teeth and the lost legs. And the lost what, are, what, are, what are we going to do? We have to think about ourselves. And I'm saying it in a negative way. I don't want to go that route. What I'm trying to say is there's a joy over here. These people had a joy, and the joy made them go beyond their limitations and made them embrace each other in a way of Abbat Yisrael. That's, that's, what, that's what they experienced. We have to have a similar thing. We have to have, we have, to have simcha in each other. To, a lot of things that separate each other. A lot of things that, that even between us over here in the room, who knows? You know, no one knows what's going on between, each, between everybody. But there's a certain time you say, forget about it. I'm done. I'm going to let go of all the things that separate me. I'm not let go of all the things that, 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 that prevent me from being connect, connected. So that I think one thing we should take from this is, is we're all responsible for each other. Why are we responsible for each other? Because every neshama has in it a part of every other neshama. We're all brothers. Why are we really brothers? Because we come from one father. We all have the same neshama from Hashem. So I know you guys have to go back to work. and Everyone's giving me the, the, the eyes of Berchat Amazon. No problem. Let you guys go. The bottom line is, the bottom line is, if the take, if take, if take away that we're going to, to have more avat Yisrael and let go of our differences and, and care about each other and do stuff to replace the loss of all these people, and something to do in Torah, and Tefillah, and Staka, something to do with joy, with Simcha, until Hashem will, will, will answer all their questions and bring us Mashiach Zakeinu, and we're able to say with a full heart after Mashiach comes, thank you Hashem for being angry at me. We'll be able to say after Mashiach comes, thank you Hashem for all the tri-. We'll, we'll be able to say that then. We can't say it now, but until that comes, until that happens, we have to ask, what are we doing? What are we doing? Our brother passed away. What are we doing about it? What are we doing to, to replace that was missing? Chaim l'chaim l'vrach.